You are listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. This is a podcast about maternal mental health. Disclaimer, we are not professionals. We are moms who've experienced this ourselves and want to share our stories and stop the stigma. Heads up, some content may be triggering. We are recording from the Stone Sheba podcast studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and more. Okay, the first story that we are going to share is Leslie's. So, Leslie, tell us a little bit about your pregnancy. Okay. Um, My son is now four. He's five in June, so it was a while ago. Um, We did not think we could have kids, so we were told that we couldn't. So we took a venture and moved to Canada away from everyone, and I'd never, like, even moved out before. Wow. So it was kind of a big deal. That's a big step. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and I hadn't traveled much either, so it was a huge stretch for me. So we moved to Canada. A few months later, I was pregnant, which was a total shock to us. Wow. Mm-hmm. And um, how was your pregnancy? Were you sick? Were you? No. Really? Which, yeah. That's I mean, great. I didn't like the smell of stuff, which was pretty gnarly for a while. Yeah. But no, I was. It was actually a really good pregnancy. I didn't gain a lot of weight. I felt beautiful and awesome. I was excited. We were excited. That's cool. So, um, and then came time to have the babe, and I was in labor forever. I feel like it was like 32 or 34 hours. Oh, my goodness. And I just wouldn't dilate. He didn't want to come out. So that was that was pretty traumatizing. I bet. Um, and to be in another country where I don't have friends, and it's totally different healthcare system, just different than what I'm used to. Um, there was no one to no one warn to prepare me. you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I didn't have friends. I had a few friends up there, um, but I didn't. I didn't know. They didn't know to tell me. They hadn't had a child in the states either, so I had no idea what to expect. Right. So it was just a traumatic childbirth um, to be in labor for that long. They induced me and sent me home because I didn't have a bed. Oh my heavens! I know. So how did you deliver? Were you how were you able to deliver? Um, so we ended up going back to the hospital and, um, they had to do an emergency C-section. Oh my goodness. After sending you home. Oh yeah. After 32 hours, well, 30 hours at that point. Yeah. So my mom was there. My husband was there. My mom had come up from the States to see us there. So I'm just grateful that they were there. Yeah. Can you imagine? (sighs) Anyway. (laughs) Um, so I had him, uh, emergency C-section which I wanted all along. I was just like, just get this done. Like, I'm not dilating. It's been forever. They had a heart doctor that was monitoring me that didn't even know how to check. Anyway, not an OB. You're maybe a three, maybe a five. Anyway, it was, I had to get my epidural five different times. The guy couldn't do it. Whoa. Yeah. It was pretty traumatic. Talk about traumatic. Yeah. So that wasn't the best start of, hey, this is what it's like. So throughout the process, they had a heart doctor who was monitoring me, and he, I mean, he didn't completely know what he was doing. I mean, he, so so there was no OB. No, oh no, and I saw a different OB the whole time I was pregnant. There wasn't ever the same one. No consistency. No, which again, just wasn't normal for me. Right. So that doesn't mean it's right or wrong. It just it, it just was uncomfortable for me because I had expected it to be like it was for all my friends in Utah. If you have your family doctor who. You see everybody. every time, yeah. and you know them. Yeah. And, yeah. So it was just kind of good for me to get out of my comfort zone, I guess. But um, So he also performed my C-section, the heart doctor. The heart doctor did your C-section. Yes, which actually later slaughtered my insides 
And a year later, I had to get an emergency hysterectomy because of that. Oh, my So, heavens. yeah, pretty interesting. But so back to the childbirth, he, he came out. And I remember hearing him cry. And I remember being like, oh, this is over. Thank you. Like, it's okay. He came out. He's yeah. alive, you know? Yeah. But I don't remember feeling anything other than that. Like, okay. just glad that he was okay. Yeah. Um, and they brought him. I remember them, my husband kind of brought him around to look at me. And my husband was taking pictures of me looking at him. And I'm just not there. And I remember I was like, I don't feel anything right now. Maybe it's all the drugs. Yeah. Maybe it's all the medicine or the shock, you know, yeah. of everything. You'd been through so much. I'm yeah, sure you were so exhausted. Tired. Yeah. So they took him away. I had some infection, so they pulled me away from him, treated me for that, and then um, eventually brought him back to me. And um, they wouldn't allow... You share a room with another mom and her baby and a bathroom. Okay. That's different. So you're sharing a room, and uh, they don't allow visitors after 9 p.m. Oh. Not even my husband. No support through the night. Nope, my husband or my mom. They don't bring you diapers, nothing. So you're just kind of like, ah, I didn't know we needed diapers. They give you diapers at the States, you know, like it's so basically just, a roof over your head. It really is. Oh, yeah. So um, they don't have a nursery that no one came in to help me go to the bathroom. No nurses came to help me feed him. I was just kind of left alone. You're figuring it all yeah. out. C-section. So, oh my gosh. And that could have just been my experience. That doesn't mean it was everybody's there, but it was just what, what I went through there. And it was pretty traumatic and that stuff happens here at times too so um but for this is specifically about my experience and so um i remember that there was a social worker that came in to the hospital like day one and she gave me all these pamphlets for postpartum depression and she was like your chart shows that your father committed suicide and you have a history of mental illness in your family we want to talk to you about postpartum depression and I remember laughing at her. Oh. Because I was like, oh, please, if I'm going to get depression, it's going to be a long time ago in my life. Right. Like, I would have had it by now. I'm You've fine. had a hard life. I have. Yeah. I've been through a lot. So I'm yeah. like, I'm good. I'm strong. Right. I got this. Yeah. And I don't even know what I did with the paperwork. And I just went about my way. But Canada was on top of it with the postpartum. Oh, yeah. Asking you about it right away. Oh, yeah. And they had a nurse come to my house, everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. They checked up on me a week later. Um, And so how did that go? How were you feeling a week later? I was kind of still faking it. Kind of just like, I don't, I just want to go home. I just want to go to Utah. So at what point did you know, what point did you think something was up? Like you weren't feeling quite right? Probably about five days in. I remember I have so much anxiety. I had to sleep with my hand on his chest. Like I couldn't sleep. I, and he would sleep five hours through the night, like just right after he got home. Mm -hmm. And I just remember like, I can't sleep. I I don't know what to do. I'm so freaked out. Like everything just my, oh, my brain wouldn't stop. And I hated nursing. So I was just in like a funk and I I just thought, oh, it's because I live in Canada because I live far away from my family. I just need to go home. And we knew we were moving home in a few months. Um, so I just thought, I'll just hang on. Mm. It's just situational. Mm. Um, Did they ever send a nurse back to speak with you after that? Or was it just that one no. week? We actually told her to leave. Oh. Because <laughs> she kept forcing nursing on me. And I was like, I'm not happy. I don't want a nurse. And she oh. was like, 
forcing it on so us. So nursing was not your thing. Oh, no. It made it worse. Which probably really added to your anxiety if someone was trying to force you to do that. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, no, I'm doing this wrong. This is my first baby. Yeah. I want to do everything right by him, but he's puking all day, and then I'm nursing, and he's puking it up. So oh, well. And it's not an allergy. So what do I do? Right. Um, so I just felt super helpless, and ugh, nursing just made it so, wor- so, so, so bad. Um, so my husband just kind of asked them not to come back, because they would just kind of force that Add to your you. stress. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm not nursing anymore. And that was probably the best decision I ever made was to stop nursing. Yeah. Um, and not have any apologies about it. And when you know, you know. Yeah. It just wasn't right for me. And I'm sorry, but a healthy, happy mom is just as important as a fed baby. Yes, absolutely. Feed your baby. But I got to be alive to feed my baby. Absolutely. So for me, that's what worked. Um, and everyone's different, of course. Um, and that's why we're doing this podcast is because everyone is different. Every story, every baby, every situation. Um, so we so moved. five days in, you're feeling. Oh, yeah. Not not yourself. Nothing. Having a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Not bonding with my baby at all. And I thought, again, like this will go away. Did you talk to anybody about it? Um, I remember talking about nursing to people and just saying that I didn't like it. Okay. But I had, there was not a thought in my mind that it was postpartum. Hmm. I just thought it was situational. Okay. So we moved back to Utah about three months later. Okay. And, um, it never went away. In fact, it probably got worse because I remember thinking all these people that were holding my baby, I remember thinking like, you can love him better than I can. I'm broken. Something's mm-hmm. wrong with me. Um, because you weren't feeling a bond with him. No, no, not at all. And it wasn't like I was feeling negative for him. Um, like I wasn't feeling any of that. I just felt nothing. Okay. Um, just like numb. But you still didn't think you had postpartum? No. Oh, no. Mm-mm. Okay. No, I just thought, oh, I've just got to adjust. We're back in Utah, and I'm a new mom, and there's change, and he's still throwing up all the time. So it's just because he's throwing up. Mm. He's just, he, it's because he won't gain weight. He was in the 3% till he was 6 months old, and then 9% till he was 10 months old. So he was so tiny. So you were con- just concerned about his health, and you thought that mm-hmm. that was what was causing your yeah, yeah, stress. Yeah, totally. Totally. Which it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was help. It was definitely not helping yeah, it was your stress. Totally. So we, um, we'd been home. I think RJ was about nine months old. Just felt like something wasn't right. And I would cry a lot. It's just lots of thoughts in my brain that I just didn't know weren't real. I thought that they were true. All the thoughts that came to my brain every day. Do you want to share with us what kind of thoughts you were having? Um, some of them were my sister-in-law, Shelly, she would babysit RJ every once in a while and she would, like, I would see him over there and think that he was better off with them than me. Than with you. Yeah. Okay. Because I just couldn't give him the love that, that they would give him just unconditionally. They were so happy when they saw him and he was happy there. And I just thought, oh, he's just so much better off there than with me. Hmm. Um, so anyway, back to my friend, Whitney, she posted that picture on her Instagram. And I remember I was sitting at a, a stoplight with my mom and I showed my mom and, and my friend had said that she had suffered with postpartum and that her husband gave her that picture. And 
So you hadn't ever had, did you, did you know anyone who had had postpartum? Had you talked to anybody oh, yeah. about postpartum? Mm-hmm. My, um, my sister-in-law Cecile, she had had it. Okay. And so I had called her a few times and just kind of been like, I feel crazy. I don't know if maybe I have postpartum. Like it, it had crossed my mind around that time, like once or twice. Okay. Um, and so anyway, so she posted that picture and I looked at my mom and I, I just remember being like hit by a brick wall. Like I have postpartum depression mm. and had Whitney not posted that, I don't know how long it would have been before I recognized it. So about nine months in, and I remember that I went to my doctor and I knew that based on my history and my family history that I needed to medicate and then to find the right medicine that would kind of help me to feel human again Um, because I didn't feel that way at all. And my husband and I talked and he decided that he was going to quit his career that he had been in for seven years at the time so that he could stay home and I could go to work. So, so he was obviously very supportive yeah. of you getting yes. healthy. I think he saw the change in just me. Like I, I was a zombie. Mm. I had nothing to give. I was just so sad. And mm. even on even the medications and things like that, I just, I wasn't okay. You know, and I had, I, I had fixed with the medications, I had fixed the chemical part, but I still had so much guilt and shame. Um, that I started to work and I thought this is going to be really good for me because my husband can be home. So my husband decided to stay home, um, part-time while I went to work part-time. So he gave up his career that he had been in in seven years so that I could get better and I could be a mom and I will forever be grateful for him for that. So that was a crucial time. You guys make an amazing team. It sounds like, Mm -hmm. yeah, he's, he's a, He's a good man. <laughs> um, and at that time, I had my friend Morgan. She would watch RJ um, once a week, I think. And he would go over there and play with her kids because I wanted him to have other kids to play with, too. Yeah. And he was like one, maybe a little older than that uh, at the time. And he would go over there a couple times a week. And I was feeling a little better and I was working and just feeling like, okay, I've got this, I can do this. And you were on medication. So mm-hmm. things were starting to even out. Yes. Yeah. And, um, I still couldn't quite give him that love because I felt guilt and I felt like I wasn't worthy of him and his love because I had been gone for a year and a half. And so I loved taking him to Morgan's because I knew that she was loving him and she's such a good mom and she just gave him so much of that and um so during that time Shelly and Morgan both were such good little moms for me in some way they're angels really um and so working was crucial for me to feel like I could get something done and be productive because I was not making progress at home and I kind of disappeared for a while I kind of checked out because of the guilt and I stopped taking my medication and I just got sad oh. and I went camping with Chance's family, my husband. And I remember we were up Fairview Canyon one day and RJ was two and a half. We went up the Canyon, we were camping and I was sitting around thinking, Oh my gosh, I don't want him to jump in the fire. I don't want him to fall. I don't want him to fall and hit a rock. 
I don't want some random tree to fall over. Just like the most irrational fears. Um, and I couldn't stop them. Um, and had you ever had feelings like that before? You mentioned in the beginning that you felt like you had to keep your hand on his chest to make sure he was breathing. But did that kind of go away as you got? Yeah, yeah. That I would say that went away, like the initial fears and stuff went mm-hmm. away for probably a year. Okay. I still had him. I was still a helicopter mom, mm-hmm. but nothing like it was in the beginning. Okay. And that had come back. And what made you decide to stop taking your medication? Because I felt better. Oh, okay. So I thought, oh, I'm doing so good. I'm going to wean off and I'm going to, I'll be fine. I didn't talk to my doctor at all. I just had been doing a lot of therapy and counseling and I thought I'm doing good. Yeah. So I'm going to stop taking it. Okay. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, I still take medication and I have zero shame in that because that's what works for me. Um, Absolutely. Anyway, we got to the point at the camping trip where I was just like, I can't be up here. I can't hang out with anybody. I don't want to be around anybody. I'm crazy. This is never going to go away. It's never going to stop. I can't live like this. This Mm. is terrible. This is no way to live my life. I can't even let my son have fun because I'm scared all the time. Mm. I can't even let my family like enjoy me or him or anything to do with this because I'm scared all the time. I'm anxious all the time. I have fear all the time in my brain. Mm. What am I doing here? So I literally packed up my car like six hours after we got there and told my husband, I have to go home. I can't do this. I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me like, what? And he knew he couldn't argue because I was just like, I'm done. I have Mm. to leave. I can't be here. I'm too scared. I'm too in my head. I feel like I'm going crazy. I have to leave. And I don't want to ruin your family's vacation. They've been planning this for forever. So I got my car and I left. And I drove down to my house. Did you leave by yourself? No, I had RJ with me. Okay. Yeah. Um, Because I knew that I would worry about him up there. The whole time I was gone, I was like, this is just ridiculous. And Chance was like, my family wants to see him too. Um. But you were like fight or flight. Like we are leaving. We are both getting out of here. Yeah. I'm not hanging out. It was the most intense I've ever felt other than those first few nights when he got home. And he, I called my mom when I got back down to Spanish Fork and I didn't even make it home. I wasn't even at my house yet. I was driving in circles, Mm -hmm. literally. And I called my mom and I said, mom, I need you to come get RJ. And she's like, I thought you were camping. I know I need you to come get him right now. And she, what are you doing, Leslie? You know, I feel like she knew. Mm-hmm. She um, sense it. Yeah. And I, I don't know what I would have done. Um, I know that I didn't want to live like that anymore. And I know that I would have been completely fine if something happened to me where I was no longer alive. Mm. Um because I had car- I had fantasies about like oh if I my car if I wreck my car right now I'll be fine without RJ in the car of course but um yeah I just remember feeling like oh my gosh what if this happened or then it wouldn't be me that did it it would be an accident or you know like just these oh, lies so it's just lies that your brain tells you when you're yeah. you know ill like that but um my mom said I'm not going to come and get him I'm going to tell you that you are a beautiful, strong woman Mm. and you deserve to fight through this and you can do this. Yes. And you can do this. You get back up 
and you drive back up there and you force yourself to get through this. You need to take your medication and you need to take care of yourself. Leslie, you cannot survive a crashing plane without putting an oxygen mask on yourself first. You can't put it on him without putting it on yourself. Wow. Put the oxygen mask on and go up that canyon. And I didn't ever think about it that way. Like, yeah. I was always just like, oh, just make sure RJ's okay. Like, I was just forgetting about myself. Yeah. And so, um, so I did. I, I drove. Props to your mom. Oh, man. Wow. How hard that would have been for her. Yeah. I knew she would have shown up if she would oh, have even totally. sensed it. But she did. She showed up and she just, I got back up and I went back up there. And it wow. was terrifying the whole time. I was uncomfortable. Well, you still were coming off of your meds you weren't on yeah it's not like a good conversation just gets rid of it because i'm sorry it doesn't no but it got me back up to where i was safe um as far as safe from myself okay and so we went back up there we had a good weekend and again i was scared and anxious the whole time but that was the turning point for me where i realized this is a problem for more than just me this is it didn't go away no no and I know a lot of women, it doesn't last very long, but for me, it did. Yeah. And, and that scared me to death. And there was still times for probably three years where I thought, oh my gosh, this is never going to go away. Mm. Um, so after the camping trip, you survived. Yeah. And then did you go back to your doctor and get... I what, did. What did you do? Yeah, I actually went back the next day um, and my doctor called me and my husband probably two or three times a day for the next several days just to make sure that I was okay because they knew what kind of state of mind I was in. Yeah, my doctor was incredible. And I know a lot of the doctors around here don't really do a very good job um, with postpartum. So I was very lucky that my doctor knew what it was and gave me medication to try and didn't leave me alone and called me and made sure I was okay and had me come in um, until I was regulated and on something and feeling better. That's amazing. That's Mm -hmm. awesome. So if you could go back to that camping trip or, or whenever was the worst, the, the worst point for you when you felt like you were in the trenches, mm-hmm. what would you tell yourself knowing what you know now? I would probably tell myself to talk to other moms because I knew I had posted once or twice on Instagram that I had had postpartum, like that I had it. Um, and, and what was your response? What were so what? many moms had it? So many of my friends, oh my gosh, I had it too. I'm with you. I feel you. I love you. And I would just read the comments and cry. Yeah. I wish that I would have called them. Yeah. And like hung out with them. You know? Yeah. Because I think there's just something to be said. And it's kind of like how we've bonded, Lindsay. Like knowing that you've got each other's back because you know you've been through it. There's so much more than just an Instagram post. Because it's someone who gets you. Yeah. Yeah. So I wish that I would have called them and gone to their house or seen them or gone to lunch or yeah. get a drink or something had a conversation mm-hmm. yeah and i know um around that same time i had talked to my friend jen and she played the song glorious by david archuleta i love that song oh, that was a huge pivotal point for me too she played that song and i thought oh my gosh i need to be here yeah i have a part to play in this i'm Absolutely. gonna get rid of the stigma here it's okay to not be okay Right. So I think that was just to talk about it. And so do you feel like you still suffer from postpartum? 
Um, no, I don't. I do feel like um, I suffer from, well, I've been diagnosed with PTSD from my childbirth and from that experience. When did you feel like you had a good handle on it? Probably two and a half years. Okay. Yeah, probably just after, probably six months after that camping trip. So two and a half years into RJ's life, I probably felt, I felt more like I can do this. I, there's plenty of tools, there's support, there's people. It feels so good to talk about it. Um, we started going to teepee nights, which we'll talk about at some point, um, which is just a women's support group. And we started going to those and just sharing saying it out loud honestly that was the biggest part for me was just saying it out loud yeah there is just magic in speaking Mm -hmm. and getting it out getting all those things that are running around in your head all the time Mm -hmm. out of your mouth yep because I knew here's the thing is I knew I had support I have so many incredible friends I am seriously so blessed I knew I had friends that I could call I just didn't want to be the service project Mm. I didn't want to be is Leslie okay I'm gonna call her is she okay I didn't want attention for it and I didn't want to be, I don't want people to feel bad for me or worry about me. But that's what friendship is. I know, right? But that's the lie. Because you have to think, if you had a friend who was going through that, you would want to check up on them and you would yes. not think of it as a burden. Mm-hmm. You And you have experienced that since you've shared your story with mm-hmm. a few people. You have experienced helping others who are, who are feeling lost mm-hmm. and sad and you have been able to be there for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, I beg them to And you to haven't talk felt, a, felt like it's a burden. No, not we at all. We just have to get out of our own heads. <laughs> I know, right? Ugh. It's just, it's, that's the truth. I mean, postpartum just creates all these lies in your brain. And it's just, it's not real. Those thoughts are not real. And it's hard to determine that difference. But right. I just didn't, I, I had support. That's the thing is I did. And I'm, I'm grateful. I just you were just didn't. trying to be Leslie. Yeah. I was trying, trying to be, be the strong <laughs> freaking woman that you are. <laughs> You're amazing. Thank you. But no, I feel, I feel now that I, I do have times and phases where I feel like, you know, overwhelmed, but that's going to be life. And that, and that's part of being a mom too, you know? Right. Especially a working mom. And how is your bond with RJ now? It's so good. Honestly, I, I wish that I could keep him at this age forever. I haven't been able to look at baby photos of him, especially the picture right after he was born um, for the whole time. This whole time. He's almost five. Wow. Um, until recently. and Just I, because they triggered those thoughts. Yeah. It just hurt because yeah. I could see my eyes. And, and I would look at him and not feel, look at pictures even. And even looking at pictures, I wouldn't feel anything because I couldn't remember who is this kid. You know, like mm-hmm. I couldn't remember that time I just had blocked it out and that was part of my healing was just to block it out um so recently it's been nice to be able to look at those pictures and feel that love I couldn't feel then and to just look at him and say oh my baby and just see that you know and now he's my best friend he tells me all the time hey mom guess what I go what you're beautiful oh oh (laughs) sweet boy yeah that's amazing I'm, I'm glad that I, I, um, I kept fighting. It's a fight. It's yeah. a fight. Well, and like you said, you felt like you were going to feel that way forever. Yeah. And if you get the help that you need, mm-hmm. you won't. Yeah. And the best part is, is that help looks different for everybody. Yeah. I've used the analogy before that it's like building a house. 
it's different tools for every different part of it. And everybody right. uses your, your expertise could be one certain type of tool and mine could be another. Yeah. And there's just so many different tools to battle postpartum. Um, mine was medication and intense therapy and counseling. Um, and that worked for me and that still works for me. And I still take care of myself. It's like a muscle, you know, my yeah. peace of mind and my happiness comes from working at it all the time. So, um, I'm just grateful that those tools worked for me and that I keep using them because I have to, it's a choice I make every morning to wake up and say, I'm not going to get back to that funk again. Yeah. I'm going to forgive myself. Cause I think that I would have, here's the thing. I think I would have gone past being so sad at him being about 18 months old, maybe two years old, had I not felt so much guilt and shame. Cause from about 18 months to two and a half years old for RJ, I had a midlife crisis. I, I went Britney Spears. Oh. Now I know why she shaved her head. Oh. Well, we all do. But I did. I had a total mid... Like, I just checked out. Mm. Because I felt so guilty for working and escaping and trying to not be a mom that I just disappeared for a while. Mm. Mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think, had I not gone into that phase of feeling that guilt and shame, I think I would have felt better before that. Yeah. So I, I think I didn't really do myself any favors there. <laughs> but you had no control over that. I know. I know. That's so true. And just listening to your story, I'm hearing so many different, you know, we, we've said how postpartum can manifest itself in so many different ways for different mm-hmm. people. And it manifested in you in a lot of different ways. You yeah. had the anxiety, you had the sadness, you had the guilt, the, oh, yeah. you know, so you went through a lot, Leslie. Mm-hmm. That's true. And to have the hysterectomy and feel like the trauma I can't yeah. have anymore. I'm kind of okay with not having any more because I don't want it to After this such again. a traumatic experience, I yeah. can see how you felt that way for sure. And then you go through the guilt of, oh, I can't have any more kids. Am I going to be a worthy woman? Cause I can't have kids and I'm supposed to. And then I'm going to have people asking me forever if mm. I can have any more, mm-hmm. you know, it just, it was like a double up kind of a thing. And that's, that's also what spun me into that you know, Britney Spears, 2007 year. Oh, that's what we call it. That's what I call it. Leslie, 2007, (laughs) even though it wasn't in 2007. (laughs) If you know the Britney meme, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. (laughs) But everything worked out perfect. Every single experience that I went through throughout all of these last four years has gotten me to where I'm at now. And I've been able to relate with a lot of other women. Absolutely. Because of the things that I did during that time frame, which is why this is happening. Exactly. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us Mm -hmm. and for being brave and vulnerable and sharing it with so many women. Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're inspiring. Thank you for listening to the Rising Phoenix podcast. If you feel like you can relate and would be open to share your story with us, please email us at risingphoenixpodcast at gmail.com. For more information on local and national resources for pregnancy and postpartum health, visit www.postpartum.net or www.psiutah.org. We are recording from the Stone Sheba podcast studio in Provo, Utah. Check them out on Instagram for more info on our podcast and others. Thanks for listening.